Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Twisted News, where each week we cover some of the craziest stories that are currently happening in our world. The two stories today involve images, however, both are very different from one another, yet equally interesting. The first is about a very creepy image captured in an abandoned asylum in Ireland, and in it, some are saying it's the ghost of a young child because the place has been closed for more than 20 years. And the second is about a very high-profile missing painting, one worth upwards of $150 million, that was stolen by a very unassuming and normal couple. For all our new listeners, as well as our old friends, please make sure to check out our Everytown podcast after this. Over there, we dig deeper into some of the darkest and creepiest stories, like the two we're featuring in this episode, but probably crazier. Thanks so much for tuning in. And now, get ready for Scary Mysteries Twisted News. Number 1. Dead Child Ghost Captured Abandoned places are mysterious. They seem to hold so much history within their walls. Stories that are mostly retold by those who used to occupy them when their corridors and hallways were bustling with life. Now that they're abandoned, the noise has been replaced by the stillness of the inanimate objects that now crowd the empty rooms. And yet, despite their emptiness, there's always something that seems to continue to occupy these abandoned places. Hospitals and asylums are easily, most likely, the types of abandoned spots that hold more disturbing and creepy atmospheres. Deaths are commonplace in these establishments, and that breeds the idea that the spirits of those who have passed here still occupy the space. This is probably the creepy story behind the photo taken from an abandoned asylum in Ennis, County Clare, Ireland. A group of paranormal investigators from the Paranormal Supernatural Investigations Ireland, or PSI, visited the one and a half centuries old asylum Ennis Asylum. They snapped photos of the empty institution and got the shock of their lives when they saw something in one of the images. In one of the windows, a creepy face of a child seemed to be peering out of the lower right side of the window pane. The asylum has been closed for 20 years, so it was of course impossible for the team to find a child or any living person there. PSI posted their photos along with a brief run-through of the history of the asylum on their Facebook page. 
Built in 1868, the Ennis Lunatic Asylum was County Clare's largest public building during its time. In the 1920s, it was renamed Ennis Mental Hospital. And for the third time in the 1950s, it was renamed to what it was more commonly known now, Our Lady's Psychiatric Hospital. People who knew the place said that it made them feel uncomfortable. To them, it was a spot that was dark and inside had darker secrets. This asylum barely experienced any improvements over the decades, but the decline of the structure wasn't the only problem that it had. According to them, it was also overcrowded, and the maximum capacity of the asylum was 600, but it housed more people than it could accommodate. One ward would be filled with about 70 patients with little to no spaces in between the beds. A former caretaker even described it as a vision from hell because of this. According to PSI and other former staff of the asylum, it was believed that not all patients who were brought there were actually in need of medical attention. Some families who had the liberty to send away a family member for personal reasons, mainly due to disagreements within the family for financial reasons, were also brought there. In one article, a man whose father worked in asylums across the country, including the Our Ladies, recalled his experience growing up in those asylums. He said that these institutions usually housed patients who weren't exactly mentally unstable or challenged, as some of them even worked regularly, both inside the asylum and outside on the farm. With that information, it also addressed the fact that asylums and institutions became the temporary residences of the medical staff's families. There were regular interactions between the patients and the family members of the staff. Because of these issues, as well as the types of treatments received by patients, there's a stigma in places like the Our Ladies Psychiatric Hospital. Many believed that these types of institutions even after years that they had stopped operations, housed within their walls the alleged despair and suffering the patients must have gone through. The rich history of the 154-year-old asylum, along with its almost derelict structure, only adds to the mystery behind the story of the child ghost captured in the photo of the paranormal investigators. Whether he lived there as a patient or a relative of the staff, we can only speculate. Number 2. $150 million art heist It is not a secret that stealing is a crime, with its effects usually dependent on the item that got stolen and the person it was stolen from. Usually, the purpose of thieves is to earn money off of the stolen item. The art scene isn't exactly a stranger to this type of crime, especially with prized artworks that are heavily guarded in museums. However, some believe that the worst types of art thieves aren't exactly those who are looking into profiting off a stolen piece of art. Those who steal for themselves, keeping the artwork for their collection, are actually considered the most dangerous type. That's according to the founder of the art crime team of the FBI, Bob Whitman. And he's referring to a normal-looking married couple who are able to store away a prized piece of art in their bedroom for years. The artwork 
was the 1955 painting Woman Ochre by Willem de Kooning, which was never seen again ever since it went missing in 1985. That is, not until it was returned more than 30 years later. It was the day after Thanksgiving, on November 29, 1985, when a couple came to the Museum of Art at the University of Arizona in Tucson, just before its opening hours. The guard let them in, after allowing entry to a staff member, thinking the museum was about to open anyway. The woman distracted the guard by talking to him while her husband went to the second floor, and there, he cut out the painting from its frame, rolled it up, and hid it in his coat, then joined his wife as if nothing had happened. Their stay only lasted about 15 minutes, and then they immediately left. Because of this curious incident, the guard made quick rounds inside. When he got to the second floor, well, that's when he saw the empty frame of where the oil painting was. It was already too late to go after the thieves. A witness later identified the couple driving away in a rust-colored sports car, but they weren't able to provide the license plate. The hunt for the stolen painting only lasted less than a couple of years because the investigators got nothing else to work on. Security cameras weren't used during that time, so the investigators could only rely on a few eyewitness accounts. A sketch of the couple was even released, which didn't do much with the search. Another thing that made the search impossible was the fact that the painting was never put up for sale or auction, even on the black market. Fast forward then to 2017, when an 81-year-old former speech pathologist from New Mexico passed away. Rita Alter was a widower of five years. Her husband Jerry passed away in 2012, when he was also 81, and left behind their eclectic collections and property. When the estate was open to antiques dealers in search of valuable items, a local antique dealer spotted the painting behind the main bedroom. He took it home and paid for it along with the rest of the estate for only $2,000. He didn't know that the price of the painting alone was valued at a whopping $160 million. He also didn't know that it was the missing abstract expressionist painting by de Kooning. When it was returned to the University of Arizona, the FBI reopened the investigation. They first looked at the couple, who owned the estate of course, where the painting was displayed, Rita and Jerry Alter. Jerry was a professional jazz musician and a retired public school teacher in New York City. He was also an artist and an author himself, but he wasn't really successful in that. In the late 1970s and early 80s, the couple moved to Cliff, which became their home until their passing. To those who knew and were closest to them, they were pleasant, good people who mostly kept their lives private. What was known about them, however, was the fact that they were both well-traveled. Based on photo and video archives from the family, the couple traveled to about 140 different countries. And still, this wasn't enough to convince others that Jerry and Rita were accomplished art thieves. However, the investigators agreed that the altars resemble the thieves in the composite sketch. They also owned the same items of clothing that were worn and the vehicle used during the heist. A family photo that was taken a couple of days before the crime also placed the couple in the same city 
where the painting was displayed. This just opened a deeper mystery about the pair. Aside from their frequent travels and eclectic collections, the couple still had more than a million dollars in their account at the time of their deaths. None of their relatives knew exactly how they managed to acquire that much, especially with the jobs they had, no matter how frugal they could have been. Another thing that the investigators found interesting was a collection of short stories that Jerry wrote and published, entitled The Cup and the Lip, Exotic Tales. In a short story entitled The Eye of the Jaguar, the events of the story somehow resemble the events involving the painting. In general, the stories were described as somewhat indicative of someone's desire to prove oneself as better and smarter than authorities and institutions by committing criminal acts and getting away with them. There is speculation now. If there are other darker secrets that the altars must have brought to their graves waiting to be discovered, perhaps only time and their remaining properties will tell. So there were two of the craziest news stories around. If you guys enjoyed this episode, then please go check out more. And don't forget to also check out our other podcast called Every Town, where we narrate and dive deeper into mysterious stories just like these. Links are in the description below. Thank you again for tuning in, and I'll see you soon. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.